Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to another episode. I'm Trev. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today, we are embarking on the first part of Grey's Anatomy that we are going to be talking about on the podcast. It's season one, episode one, titled A Hard Day's Night, which aired on March 27th, 2005. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. I'm like I shivering right now. I'm like trembling. Yeah, I was, I smi- I've been smiling since watching the episodes. I, oh, uh... I we just have to uh, let's go we're fucking go. doing it <laughs> honestly I feel like this is like this is it this is it this is this is our like number one show this is like the meat and potatoes of this the podcast a show so that speak. we bonded over like it was like this and glee yeah this and glee and just like I feel like this is one of those shows that like I mean, there's a time and a moment for Glee, but the time and the moment for Grey's is still happening. Like, it's literally still yeah. on the fucking air, and it's still being talked about, and it's still that show. And I also so, would, like, I'll defend Grey's till the day I die. Me too, and I would literally follow Shonda Rhimes into a dark, dark night. Like, I would follow her anywhere. I, I don't really care. Like, it's just that kind of situation. Yeah, I trust her wholeheartedly. I have genuinely loved all of the shows that she has made. Truly. At one point or another. And and movies. Yeah. Like, she's so iconic. And to birth this show, it I that's it's just a juggernaut. It's amazing. Okay. We should probably start with talking about how we got introduced to Grey's. Or, like, what was our entry into Grey's? Yeah, absolutely. So you start. Okay. So I, similar to Glee, was, like, very on Tumblr. And it was, like, after I had kind of fallen off of Glee... And Teen Wolf and all that, like, probably, like, right before season nine of Grey's was going to air. So whatever that was, I think it was, like, 2015, maybe. Or no, no, God, it couldn't have been. Whatever that was. I, season nine was about to air that September, and I was on Tumblr during summer break and saw a gift set. And I had seen Grey's Anatomy here and there, but, like, I'd never seen this gift set. And it was of Erica giving the leave speech to Callie. And it, like, immediately moved me and brought me to tears just, like, reading this, like, the words. And, like, mm-hmm. as a not, like, I wasn't an a, out gay kid to, like, my family and everything like that. And, like, I had never had, like, a romance situation or anything. But, like, seeing someone describe finding their queerness like that. That is my comp- all-time, That that's, like, yeah. my all-time one through five episode. We can't talk yeah. about the entire show. We can only talk about one through five right now. And that's literally the episode that we're going to be talking yeah. about for my f- number one favorite out of one through five. It it came so close to being my pick. And I'm glad that you picked it because it's just like we have to, it's such a it's such an it's one of the best Grey's moments out of the entire 20 seasons. Literally. Like it's so oh it's phenomenal. And it's like the perfect example of what Grey's can be and Shonda's writing and like just the act like it's so good. So phenomenal. And I was like, I have to watch a show. I looked it up and I was like, what episode does this happen in? It's a season five episode. I was like, okay, great. There's eight seasons. There's in season five. Like, I could start. I don't have anything else to do during the summer, so I'll just watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was hooked immediately. And, like, obviously I grew to love Erica and Callie and, like, all the characters so much. Right. But, like, from the jump, I was like, oh, my God, I love these characters. They're so interesting. This world is so crazy. 
and I love it. And like, I grew up watching soap operas with my mom after school, and like on the days that I would wouldn't go to school, like General Hospital, One Life to Live, like all that stuff. And I think that's why Grace clicked for me so heavily because it's just a soap opera. Literally. It's a soap opera on primetime. It, it's a soap opera on primetime and it has the juice and drama of a soap opera, but at the same time it has like the production the value of like a sex and production value show. of like a primetime. Yeah. Like it's so good. It's just so good. It has everything. It has everything. Yeah, it's so I out I, I was like, I need to know what this is and I watched it and I watched seasons one through eight twice that's that summer. <laughs> of course. Like I started it finished it all that was out and immediately started it again and finished it again before season nine could air because like i left off on the season eight finale mm-hmm. now if you know you know if you know you know and i literally my mom walked in on me watching the season eight finale and was like are you okay open mouth sobbing like someone i personally knew had passed away <laughs> because like, <sighs> God. And that's uh, the thing with Grey's. When you spend, like, fucking 18 seasons, which can literally equate to, like, 18 years of a person's fucking life, if you're one of those people who was privileged enough to be, like, in from the ground from the up. Jump. Right. Yeah. I didn't watch it from season one, but there are people who have. And it's like, at this point, I have spent a long period of my life watching this show because, like, I didn't get in that late. Yeah. But, like, I just feel like if you're one of those people who watch it from the beginning, 18 years of your life following a character's story for, like, the majority, the better portion of a full year, it's like, you get to know these fucking characters, then you can't fucking help it. Yeah, it's like, you just, you you have to be invested. You have to be invested. It's it's psychotic if you're not. Oh, it's, uh... I, I don't know. There's some people who can watch a show and then just be like... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get it when people cry when they watch a show. I'm just like... My parents are like that. How can you not cry? I get too invested. I get way too invested. This is my family. And you and I are also like serial rewatchers. Yep. So like we we spend even more time with these characters and like we're really heavily involved in the fandoms for the shows. We Like we, when we get like something, we go full force. Full force. And which for the good and bad. At this point, it's like, I'm not going to be able to stop watching. I need to know yeah. what happens to these characters. And there's some people who are just like, I stopped watching when blah, blah, blah died. Or I stopped watching when blah, blah, blah broke up. Or I stopped watching when blah, blah, blah left the show. And it's like, then you're not a real fan. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you're just not. You're not a real Grey's fan. You can say, oh, I'm obsessed with Grey's. I love Grey's, blah, blah, blah. You're not. You're not. You're just not. Point blank. You need to watch the entire fucking thing to count yourself. Yeah. And I, there have definitely been shows where I, like, something happens or there was a dip in quality where I'm like, you know what? I don't need to put my energy into this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. that happened to me with Game of Thrones. It happened to me with Glee. I watched Game... Yeah, ex- it's same. Where it was just like, you know what? I'm not as interested in this as I once was. And the dip in quality is really hindering my my enjoyment. Or just, like, not even the dip in quality, but just, like, where they're going. And I'm not having fun anymore. And I think that's a good thing to, to note is that... Even when Grey's is hard to watch, and there are a lot of episodes that are hard to fucking sit through, mm-hmm. I'm always having a, I'm always enjoying myself with these characters. Literally. I'm always like, even when they're making me mad, and like, we're going to talk about episodes where these characters are making me mad, but I'm still like rooting for them. I still want them to succeed. Yeah. I had moments like this on both of the episodes that we're going to be talking about for the first yeah, two. Yeah, me too. Me but, too. But, um... Okay, let me tell you about my Grey's story. It's yeah, a little please bit. Do. It's kind of lackluster as a story, but whatever. 
Um, I was home alone during summer vacation. Like both of my parents worked. So like during summer vacation, uh, when I was a little bit older, I would just like stay home before I had a job. Yeah. And I randomly happened to catch Sanctuary on a rerun on Lifetime. Oh my God. I was just like, there's nothing on. I don't want to watch The Price is Right. I'm not in the mood to watch like the Tyra show right now. Um, I was just like, let me, what's on Lifetime? And I'm like, Grey's Anatomy, what the hell is this? And it was Sanctuary. And if you don't know the title of the episodes, it's the episode where there's a shooter in the hospital. It's a disgruntled patient. He's like super heartbroken over the death of his wife. And he goes to the hospital with the intention of killing Derek for the loss of his wife. And it is the best episode of Graves Anatomy, point blank. I will go to the mats on this one. That is my favorite episode. That is my favorite episode of Grey's Anatomy, point blank. Like, it is the episode. Like, when somebody's like, uh, I don't know, should I watch it? Should I not watch it? I'm like, you literally need to watch it. And if you yeah. don't care about being spoiled and you just want to know how good the show is, watch this episode and tell me you're not interested because you're lying if you say that. But that is literally when I knew I needed to watch the whole thing from the beginning. Like, I had never seen a single episode of it before, but as soon as I saw that episode, I literally, like fell head over heels in love with it and started rewatching it immediately after. Like I went on to Netflix and literally binge watched like the entirety up to Sanctuary and beyond at that you point. You went off the deep end immediately. Like to start, I that was that. my introduction to the fucking show. That was my introduction the is, to the fucking You know what? I think that's a great way to do it because it's like, if you can't handle that, don't watch a show. Literally. That is like the, I think that's if the you can't, peak. Which is great. It's a great litmus test. I think... We'll talk about it in the second episode of this season that we're doing. My favorite character moment and like arc happen like culminates in the second episode that we're going to talk about, which mm-hmm. is like my alt, which is my favorite of the first five seasons. Yep, Sanctuary is my favorite episode, start to finish, every single bit of it. I think it is so scary. It's truly Grey's at its scariest, and so and like everyone is oh, putting oh. their best performance in, and we're, we are going to talk about that. But one thing I the listeners need to know. When you and I were in college, one night you came up to my apartment, because we lived in the same building, mm-hmm. and we played a Grey's Anatomy drinking game, mm-hmm. where I think the rules were anytime someone dies, codes, cries, gives a monologue, <laughs> or something else, we would take a drink. Oh my god. And we were like, what episodes should we watch? Let's, let, let's <laughs> just pick two, you know? We're so stupid. We wanted to get fucked up that night. We wanted to get <laughs> fucked up. I, this is the closest, one of the closest times I've ever come to blacking out. And we literally chose the episode where Denny dies. I, th- oh, I think, no, it was the Elvad Wire. Elvad It was the Elvad Wire episode, because the next one is the one where he actually dies, the yep. prom episode. And then this, and then Sanctuary. We're so stupid for that. Like, what? that's one of my favorite memories. And I tell people this all the time, like when I mention the podcast or just like talking about our friendship. I'm like, that that is what... We did for fun. That is our friendship. We watched the hardest Grey's Anatomy episodes there are to get drunk. I mean, honestly, Uh, we were so bold for choosing those two episodes. Like, hmm, let's pretend we don't know which two episodes we should watch if we want to get fucked up. Anyway. Yeah. It's also like there are plenty of episodes where we could have gotten just as fucked up from those rules. Yeah, but these two are a lot less sad. Yeah, these are two of the fucking saddest that we could have chosen. Oh my gosh. It's so... Oh, it's so good. We All I can say is y'all are not ready for seasons five through whatever. Seasons five through whatever. I 
Also, if we ever do a Patreon, <laughs> if we get to that point, you, baby, you know we're bringing back the drinking game epi- episodes for the shows. 100%. That is, I'm speaking that into existence now. Oh my god. But, yeah, I think this show is just like, I I will ride until the day I die with Grace. Me too. All right, before we jump into the rest of the episode, let's quickly talk about our favorite characters, because I feel like that's going to inform a lot of people about, like, <laughs> what we're planning on focusing on for our episodes that we've chosen. Yeah. And, like, it'll be sim- it's going to be similar to when we talked about Glee and, like, every episode we talked about was about Santana Literally. Or, or, or Blaine. It's just, like, those are the characters we care about. Or Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're always just, that's the nature of the beast of the type of show we're doing here. Yeah. Okay. So, favorite characters, my order, I have a top four. Okay. My top four is, number one, Christina. Absolutely. That's my bitch. That's my ultimate. Mm-hmm. Number two is Callie. I'm sorry, but... No, absolutely. I, I honestly... Okay, I think Callie is one of those characters that's, like, solid, and everybody just kind of takes her for granted. I don't yeah. really feel like there's a lot of people who would say that she's their favorite character. I feel like it's always Christina, Meredith, yeah. one of those. Like, but I always have respect for people who really love Callie, because it's like, oh, you're, you're paying attention a lot more, and, like, really understanding... She's truly, she's the rock that is keeping a lot of these people together. Callie also has one of the worst lives on Grey's. She goes through so fucking much. If you're a glutton for sadness, Callie is probably one of your favorite characters. Yeah, and she's like, she has such interesting relationships with so many of the other characters. I think one Uh. of my favorite relationships on the show is her and Christina's friendship. Me too! Oh my god! And even more so, her and Meredith's friendship, which... Really develops after Christina leaves eventually. Yeah. And, but like starts with Callie helping Meredith pass the boards and everything like that. Mm -hmm. You really see they have, they have such a mutual respect for each other that it goes so deep because of the the shared losses that they've had and like all the bullshit that they've been through. I really, I really love Callie. She's up there for me. She's definitely my number two. I almost put her as my number one, but I have to admit and accept the fact that it's got to be Christina. But yeah, I think Callie number two. Number three goes to our queen, Meredith. I'm sorry, yes. but I love her. I love I her. I love Meredith. I, I could never list... I, I could probably... There's only one time where I would list a main character as my favorite character. It's Grace. I feel like Grace has main characters that are like just so well-rounded and like likable. It's such an ensemble. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to compare it a lot to Glee just because that's so top of mind. And I mean, so different. So it's interesting to compare the two. Mm-hmm. Where Glee is like, there are three main characters, generally, in mm-hmm. a season. And yeah. then everyone kind of moves around them and kind of has their moments. But for the most part, it's just about like what Rachel's doing, what Kurt is doing, what Finn is doing, mm-hmm. what Santana is doing. And then it everyone flows in and out of those things. Yeah. Depending on what season you're watching. Yeah. Grey's is like, it is truly a spider web of plot lines and main characters where everyone is getting their due. A character never feels like a Tina where they're just getting left behind. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's almost hard to be like this. Well, obviously, Meredith is the main character. It's her her show. Her name on the show. Right. But I think there's an argument to be made for like 10 other characters that they're the star. Yeah. Especially getting later on in the seasons now, like the most recent seasons where Meredith is in it a lot less. And I also feel like they set it up from the beginning to show us that it's a group that we're following. Yeah. It's not one character that we're following. Like, Meredith is in the center of the group and like is the figurehead of the group for sure. Yeah. 
And, like, they set it up that way with the whole thing about, like, ooh, her mom is, like, Ellis Gray. Ooh, like, she's top of her class at Stanford, all this shit. And, like, she's, like, the chosen one and the star child. But, like, at the same time, it also shows us that, like, the others are there to, like, compete. Like, it's, like, a competition in the very beginning. But then it shows that the group is, like, together and cohesive. And those are the main ones that we're going to follow. Like, all of the people get sorted into different groups. And the ones that stick with Bailey... It just shows that they're going to be that group that sticks together that we should pay attention to. And it's a show where the best scenes are the ones where all the characters are working together or characters are splitting off. Mm. Like in the pilot, we'll talk about like Christina and Meredith like teaming up to do the diagnosis stuff. Just naturally sticking together. Yeah. And like characters, when they find that other, when they find their person or their people in the show and they work with them, those are the most exciting moments when it's like the OR scenes of... 10 of the best character, the 10 best surgeons in the show, all working on one person to save them. That's the best episode. That's the best scenes when it's like really, these. this is like a, it's a symphony of actors really just killing it and putting everything they have into telling the story and like building to this like, na- this narrative peak of each episode. Like they're really all putting in equal amounts of work and they all benefit from each other. And that's why there's not an episode that I can think of of Grey's where I'm just like, oh, this episode is too focused on blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip it. Or like, like, you know how there's some episodes of Glee where it's just like, oh, my God, this episode's all about Puck or all about Tina. And I really can't stand them. And I'm just not going to watch it or I'll be fine if I skip it. With Grey's, it's always like, okay, there might be a couple more story story storylines about this one person. But for the most part, it's almost always well-rounded because there's drama in everybody's lives, like equal amounts of drama. Yeah, and everyone is so in in other people's shit yeah so even like for me this hospital is incestuous y- yeah and it, even for me so like i like a character that i don't enjoy point blank from the jump didn't like him was george i don't like george i never have hate I george never will fucking hate george never like there are ever, episodes ever, ever. and and like in my favorite episode that we'll talk about in the next episode in the next episode it's like there's a lot of george in that there's mm-hmm. a lot of George heavy moments it, in that. Yeah, there was. And even in the pilot, George is like, George gets a good spotlight. I think it's evenly distributed between Christina, Meredith, and George mostly. Izzy has a couple moments mm-hmm. and then Karev is like not really there other in mm-hmm. the first, in the pilot. So, but even then I'm like, I'm still interested in him because like everyone else is surrounding him. Like, I don't think this is an episode we'll cover, but like when George gets syphilis, the oh scene of him getting the shot in his butt and all the girls are there with him and they're like teasing him and it, they feel like truly like such a family and I, like Alex is teasing him and Christina's like, oh, he has a cute butt. Like those are some of my favorite s- scenes in the whole show, even if they're really like revolving around a character I don't enjoy. Right. So it's like it's that's such a success. Agreed. All right. I'll tell you my fourth favorite oh, yes, character please, please, and please. you can share yours. My fourth favorite, and this is going to be super controversial, and I know I'm going to get hate mail for it, but it needs to be said. And I will never change, and I, I, I cannot be convinced otherwise, but my fourth favorite character is Teddy. Oh, baby, yes. Abso-fucking-lutely. If anyone tries to come for me in our ass, don't, we will block don't. you. This is a, te- a pro-Teddy fucking podcast. Do not ever... You cannot come for my blonde queen, okay? Cardio fucking God. Are you kidding? Cardio fucking God. I, l- I fucking ride for Teddy. My heart is melting I right now. I love Teddy. I love her so much. 
She's so... Oh, my God. I love Teddy Altman. I love her. I love her. Teddy Altman. And, like, she has haters. And she has please, haters. If, if you're a Christina Owen shipper... Oh, mm, this is not a safe space for you. We're blocking you. We are blocking you, baby. If you like Owen Hunt, this is not a safe space for you. Blocking you on site. Okay, fun. This will be fun. What? Who are your two least favorite characters? Ooh, the whole George and Izzy. George and Izzy, okay. period. Okay, I like that. George and Izzy. I respect that. Mm-mm. I, um, I just can't. I think on my first couple watches, I did not enjoy Izzy. I think it's just... I think for me, a lot of the time, I, I, I'm indifferent on Katherine Heigl as an actress and, like, person... But I think that kind of indifference seeped into Izzy. So then her annoying moments made me dislike her more. You know what I mean? Like it kind of added on top. So I never was really a fan. And I would generally be kind of annoyed with her. Because I I think she's... She just has like a a general... She's like a pussy. (laughs) Is like the only way I can put it. And like I don't... I don't like character. I don't relate to characters like that. I don't... You know what I mean? Like they're never ones I check for. Like... For me, it's not even the Katherine Heigl of it all. It's just like... She's just not a likable character. Like, she yeah. doesn't have any aspects to her that I would be like, oh, my God, okay, this is a good moment for Izzy. I'm just like, God, everything she does puts me on edge. Like, her personality, the way she talks. Yeah. She's kind of condescending at times. Other times she's, like, whiny. Other times she's, like, bossy, but not in a way where I'm like, ooh, yeah, she was right for that. I'd just be like, why is she being so, like, controlling? She's not bossy. She's controlling. Yeah. I like a bossy character. I don't like a controlling I, character. I think for me, a lot of my issues stem with her just, like, her insecurities and, like, that them never that, developing that. that. And, like, yeah. that could be a writer's issue, maybe, whatever. I, But it's frustrating when you have so many moments with her where she's, like, jealous or insecure compared to, like, Meredith and Christina, who are, like... Born to be surgeons. You see that from, right. the, from the beginning. These are two people who were meant to do this. And George has these moments too where he's like insecure or nervous or whatever. But George kind of finds his footing eventually when he meets Owen and finds out he's like a, his brain works good for trauma surgery and like all that. You know what I mean? Like he kind of finds his steps. Right. Izzy never really finds her her point of view as a surgeon and like her niche. And she's always like, I'm hardcore, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, but we never see it. It's all this, it's all talking. And maybe mm-hmm. that's like a, a point the writers are trying to make specifically or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like they f- didn't care about her. But I say all that as if Izzy doesn't have one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. I mean, like I, like we were just talking about, right? We say like, oh, I don't like this character. I don't like that character. But they're never so bad that it's like, I will not watch this episode point blank because this character has a scene in it. Yeah. Like even like the writing and the rest of the scenes of Grey's are just so good that there's not one person that's carrying the show on their back. It's yeah. literally a true definition of an ensemble cast Absolutely. where it's like everybody is fun to watch. Everybody's interesting in their own way. Sure, I have a least favorite character, but it's not a writing issue most of the time it's a personality thing like i just don't like people with that personality type same way i hate george he's a whiny cryy bratty baby i just i hate he's like an incel i hate him i really don't like him and like i i honestly have a confession to make for this episode i'll just make it now Mm -hmm. i have to admit that i used to be somewhat of a karev fan and i don't think i am anymore like i just don't like him anymore i i think i used to just kind of like him because I noticed that like even though he was jerk Meredith and Christina were like he might be a jerk and he might be a jackass but like we still kind of love him sort of thing and I kind of went with that and I was kind of like if they can see redeeming qualities in him like obviously he's not that bad of a guy (laughs) 
But like, I feel like as I've gotten older and like the more I watch Grey's and going back to the beginning and just being like, oh my God, if I met this guy in real life, I would hate him with a burning passion of a million fiery suns in real life. I don't like Karev, period. That's my confession. Okay. So now with that, let me tell you my four favorites. (laughs) I'm scared. Okay, go ahead. So my number one, this is not even just my number one Grey's characters. This is my favorite character of any piece of media, like TV. Okay. Okay. Other than like Blaine, like we've talked about Blaine, but like this character, like. Right. I love Meredith Grey so much. Yeah. And she is literally my favorite TV character. Oh, she's just so good. I, she, oh. I relate to Meredith so much. And like, obviously, I don't come from a family of surgeons and have that type of pressure. But I mm. think I just relate to her so much as just like a uh, like an only child. I love how she's not... She's almost kind of an anti-hero a lot of the time. She really is. She's getting in her own way nine times out of ten. And trying to just be the best and make her mom proud and it's huge only child syndrome mm-hmm. of just like i have to i have i am bearing the weight of like making my family proud and doing all of this because there's no one else to and this family reputation yeah i is like my responsibility now and this legacy that this family has is my responsibility to carry on and into the future and like my parent is a rock star, therefore I have, I have to, to either I have to measure up. Yeah, exactly. Like I can't falter. I don't have the space There's no to siblings. fuck up. Yeah, nobody. Everybody's all eyes are on yeah. me. Yeah, and they set that up from episode one. And then I just and I also really I love how she interacts with all the characters, even when she's being a bitch or being mean or mad hard or hard ass. Yeah, any of that. It's like she's still there's still a level of respect she has for these people when like. And there's still lovability to her. I yeah. think it's her raspy voice, to be I think so, too. And also, like... like it's, all, it's all in her voice. There's just something so endearing about her. She's not that kind of person who's, like, towering over somebody else and being like, I'm Meredith Grey, therefore my reputation means blah, blah, blah. She's just, like, she's smart. She knows what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. She is that girl. I mean, we see it when she basically informs Karev of what the fuck's wrong with his patient. And he has the ego the size of, like, the Empire State Building. And she doesn't have that ego. She just knows she's fucking right. She knows what she's talking about versus having an ego and thinking you're right, but you're really not. Your ego is just making you think that. You know, she she has... She makes me so she's happy. She's the real thing. She is. She's the real and thing. She, so, and she... And so, looking at this as a soap opera, like we mentioned earlier... There is kind of that trope in soap operas of like, or even just long running TV shows. Like I'm sure like SVU is a good example of what I'm going to say, or not a good example of a similar example to Grace, where a lot of the times characters will have arcs and they will have this big epiphany type moment. uh, And then two seasons later, they'll be going through the same problem they had just because it's like the show's going on. You can only do so much with so many characters. You know what I mean? Grace mm-hmm. is a really good example, of, and so is SVU, of a character going through a complete character arc and taking those things they learned and keeping them with them and developing further and introducing new problems. But the character's different now because they've actually had lived experiences. And, like, the therapy arc that Meredith goes through, it's, like, one of my... It's my favorite TV arc of all time. And, like, the lessons she learns from that carry on throughout the rest of the show. Right. In a way where that feels real. They feel like real things that people experience when it's like, oh, well, when I was 25, I learned this. So now at 30, I know not to make those same mistakes. 
Mm-hmm. And I think Grace does that so well, especially with Meredith and Christina's characters, where you see genuine growth in them as they move through this show. It's not just growth for the sake of plot, it's growth for the sake of this character. And it's like a, a level of respect that the character is given to not revert them back to some whiny idiot. You know what I mean? Because they're not. They're She's not an intern anymore, she's a resident. She's not a resident anymore, she has, has, is an attending. She's gonna develop, she's gonna learn, and those lessons are gonna come back. And Grace is really good at doing those callbacks of like, oh, well, she had this patient, that's how she learned this, now she knows how to do this to help this patient. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think Grace does that so, so well. And it makes me really happy to see, and I think Meredith's just like, Meredith in season 10 is so different than Meredith in season 8 and 5 and 2. You know, she's she's not suicidal anymore. Mm-hmm. Now she has a new set of problems. She's not, she doesn't have this as much maternal trauma as she did. She's learned from that and she's grown and she realized I'm not my mother. I can make different mistakes. I can learn from my mother's mistakes. I can do all of this. It's like, there's new, but I have new right. issues of these new things that I have to deal with. And it just. Right. And then she's like hung up on Derek's death and then she's not yeah. anymore. And then she throws herself into her work and then she takes on like amazing medical like marvels and it's, earns herself a Harper Avery. Like uh, she, she evolves as a character and like we get to witness every single iota of growth. But the show, I swear, whoever has the show Bible for the show, like I need it. The continuity person for the show is Lexi Gray, like photographic memory. Nothing gets missed. I can't think of a single time where a character goes back to their old ways, yeah. except for Except for after the plane crash episode, yeah. which we'll talk about. Because I feel like in the plane crash episode, it's it's a plot It's choice. one of those times where like people revert. Like that happens. Yeah, it happens after trauma that exactly. people revert because they're scared. So I, I love Meredith. I, I Even at her faults, I love her and I have so much. I relate to Meredith so much mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, My second favorite yeah. is Addison Montgomery. Love her to pieces. Oh. Ooh, great choice. She would be in my top five. She's after Teddy for me, but I love her, her so much. Her entrance into the show is so fucking iconic. It's, she's so complicated. Did you watch Private Practice? Fuck yeah, I did. Okay, there we go. Because, okay, people who did not watch Private Practice, they don't you get cannot it. call yourself a true Addison fan. They don't fan. get it. You need to watch Private Practice to understand what a complicated, beautiful, fucked up individual she is but like she's, and she's so, so good. she's definitely number five for me definitely she's a true ride or die for the people she loves even when she's like doesn't really like meredith doesn't isn't like happy with derek isn't happy with mark or whatever she's always still like there's again there's still that baseline respect and wanting for their well-being even if she's mad and they've hurt her or whatever mm. and like i think a really she's always like i love when she comes back now like, randomly and stuff like that. I think a really fun example of that is the... What's the fucking name of it? But it's the musical episode in season seven. Oh, oh we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that yet. I know, but... Because I'm going to freak out and we're going to take 30 minutes to talk about that right now on this episode. Addison coming back and just getting into Lucy and being like, why didn't you do this? Because she, she's... It's not because she thinks Lucy's a bad doctor. It's because she's so scared for Callie and the people in yeah. her life that she loves. And she's so protective of them. And I just, love I her love her so much. much. And she's so fucking funny. She is. Oh my God. She's so the fucking funny. The episode where she is like talking to Callie and she's like, Callie, um, like you're gay, babe. It's okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> she's such an ally. She is. Ah, I always wish that oh. she would be at least a little gay, but Me it never too. worked. Imagine Callie and Addison as a couple. Horny. Horny. I can't even. Beyond belief horny. That's as much as I can say without going overboard. But, oh, yeah. Okay. And then third. No. I have a bad feeling okay, about this one. Controversial take. Okay, say it. I really love Alex. Ugh, no! <laughs> I really... I I was watching this... So watching the pilot that we're going to eventually talk about. I promise. I was like, God, I remember how much I hated you. I remember in the beginning how much I fucking hated Alex Karev. Out of the gate. And it just made me appreciate so much more the Alex we get later on. When he starts working with Arizona. Yes. I agree. That's when he became likable. That's when he became likable. So there's yep. the Alex of like, first couple seasons, he's a dickhead douchebag. First couple looking... of seasons? I would say like Ari- the first four, four or five. A- five. Five. Arizona comes in at the end of five. But but he even, he starts to mellow out with, with Addison because she fucking, she rips She's, into him. Yeah, she really does. She's like. She's the first step in humbling him and mellowing him out. Mm. And I just, I really, we'll talk about this more in the next episode of the podcast because it's in that it's relevant. There's this like, I think I have more grace for his kind of standoffish. I'm only looking out for myself nature a lot of the time and like dickheadedness because I see a lot of that in myself when, because he's just like so scared of hurting the of like letting people down so it's like why even let them come in if i'm gonna let them down if i can't protect them why let them come in is what i see in him okay so it's like and we'll talk we'll talk about it more but in the next like the teaser for episode two like when he's talking about ava and he's like i can help her i've done it before i can take care of her it's like no no you don't have to and like we'll get into that but i just i really love alex i he's he's so special to me I relate to Alex and I relate to Meredith the most out of any of the characters. Okay. And then four is my baby girl, Lexi Gray. Lexi, yeah. I love Lexi Gray so much. I love her. I love her relationship with Meredith. I love how it develops. She's such a good, good character. And she's too so, good. I don't like too, characters she's... that are too clean like that. She's she's just a little too perfect. She's too nice. She's too per- like I know I sound and they like talk a complete, about that. I com- I ta- I really sound like a complete jerk being like I don't like her because she's too nice. But like seriously, I think I, that's fine. I can't relate to characters who don't have a little grit to them. I think that's why I like Christina and Callie because they both have like fucked up lives and they're not that great of people. Sometimes like they have moments yeah. where they stumble or they have moments where they treat the people they love. In a way that it Isn't doesn't kind. right, but at the end of the day, we also see them reckon with that, and we also see them like grapple with how they like choose to live their lives. And I think with yeah. with Lexi, we really just get a lot of relationship drama with her, and it's it's just not as yeah. appealing to me. I prefer character drama, like when they go through internal struggles, like Callie dealing with her sexuality and with her whole thing with her dad, and like I love a character that has to. I love a character that has to fight a little bit for their success. And I feel like... Yeah, I absolutely understand that. I think for me, a lot of my love and respect for Lexi just comes from like... Comes mostly from her relationship and her dynamic with Meredith and how truly polar opposite they are. And the kind of like antagonistic way Meredith feels about her because she sees Lexi as having had this like perfect life. That she didn't get. That she didn't get. And I I like what she brings out in Meredith. That's Because I think that's interesting. 
Yeah. And then I also, I appreciate the facade that Lexi kind of puts up when, like, we learn about Thatcher's alcoholism coming, like, relapsing and everything like that. And she's like, it's similar to Alex, where it's like, she feels like she has to keep up this front and has to help out these people who aren't being kind to her or aren't, like, letting her go or be. Where she's, like, picking up after her dad, and she's embarrassed by him, and she's like, has all this shame attached to him. And that's when Meredith is like, wow, I totally misjudged her. Yeah, and it, like, it it puts pushes Meredith back a little bit and, like, puts her on her ass a little bit of, like, wait, am I... I'm being a dick. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what it was like to really grow up with my dad. Mm-hmm. Just because he she's was like, there doesn't mean it was... She's like, I had my mom, not my dad, really. Yeah, just because he was there doesn't mean he was good. Right. And, like, yeah, I've just, I really love Lexi. I think, I wish we had had her longer in the show. I think it would have been really interesting (sighs) to see her develop and, like, go into neuro and learn from Derek. And I think, eventually, Amelia kind of fills the The Lexi role, the gap. But Amelia's really fucked up as a person. Amelia's a fucking crazy character. I love love her. I love her so much. I love Amelia. Amelia haters, you're not welcome here. No. I love Amelia. I ride for Amelia. I love how complicated she is. I love how she's uh, kind of, she plays the villain a lot. She's so messy. Even though she isn't, she's just like, yeah, she just, she has no fear of being the bad guy. I mean, I don't even think a lot of the, what I love about her is I think a lot of the times she doesn't even realize she is the bad guy or she doesn't realize like how much she's affecting people with some of the stuff that she says and does. And I think it's just entertaining to watch. I never use I usually never like characters like that. Like on DL Word, there's this one character that everybody hates, myself included. It's Jenny. and Doesn't Bernie like Jenny? Bernie, that's her favorite character. And I'm always like, how the fuck can you like her? She is such a shit show. Like, how can you like her? We fought over it so much when we first started talking. And then she was like, she's (laughs) so entertaining to watch. I just love watching her. Yeah. I think a lot of the times those characters, and I, I think you and I are similar in this, I think Amelia is a character where, if written poorly, can feel just like a plot device mm, and yeah. kind of use be used as a way to just cause conflict without being earned. Where, But then Amelia actually has so much depth to her and so much she really does. intricacies in her relationships with the Especially people around her. Especially when she has her brain tumor story arc. Yeah, and it's just, and her relationships and how toxic they are. and yeah. Oh like my god! All that good, and I, she's so good on private practice too. She's Again, so good on private practice. You cannot come on here or come in our ads and tell us that you hate Amelia or Addison that or you anyone. Hate any characters from private practice without actually watching private practice? Yeah, like you can't I mean, hate I'm them sh- for who they are on Grey's without first or after watching private practice and then learning the actual shit about them because yeah. on Grey's you do you're not missing get- six seasons of plot. You need the context, people. People, you need the context. You can't say you hate Amelia or Addison when you haven't even watched a single episode of Private Practice where you literally learn what makes this character who they are. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about Private Practice eventually. We're going to have to. It's so good. We're going to have to. And then my my two least favorite characters I've already mentioned are George and Owen. Yeah, that's valid. I hate Owen. Yeah, I just... I hate... I hate Owen. I hate the men Christina dates. I hate the men that... All of these women date. The only man I like on this show, do you want to know who it is? Yeah. Mark. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. He's, like, in my top five. He is so good. He's the only he's, man I think on this show my number that five. I literally like. The only I, one. I like Derek. Uh, I like Derek for no. the sake of drama a lot of the time. 
and entertainment just because again it th- he feels a lot like plot development a lot of the time and like moving things along but i this the pilot really i was like i rekindled my love for Derek. i think we need to talk about one thing and this again this might upset some people but meredith and Derek are rachel and finn because yes absolutely as, as as an individual, I don't care about Derek in the slightest. I don't like him at all. I really don't pay attention to him. I just don't care for him. But when he's with Meredith, I'm like, yep, these two are meant to be. This is this. This is that. <laughs> period. Like, that's it. And and that's exactly how I feel about Finn and Rachel. Where, like, I love Rachel. Yeah. I think she can definitely do better. I think, you know, she's a star. And this guy was technically holding her back from everything that she could do but finn and rachel are soulmates yeah it's like for good or for work for good or bad they're meant to be together right and i and you want them to be together like i want yeah, like, them to be when together. they're not together it hurts yep there's um i think Derek for me is a character i really i genuinely enjoy him when he's with other people mm. when it's just Derek doing something i kind of find him boring or whatever but yeah. i think he's a character that a lot of the times we'll get just Christina moments and Christina arcs and Meredith arcs and all that stuff, like other characters. I think it's rare for us to get an arc that's just Derek when he's not in direct relation to another character. Like yeah. a lot of the times it's like him competing with Burke for Chief of Surgery. It's him and Mark having beef. It's him and Addison re- having beef and rekindling their relationship. It's him and Meredith having all of this tumultuous relationship it's him and christina sisters him and his sisters him and his sisters and then him and christina like going fishing and him having those moments with her or like i think he's best and most interesting when he's paired with somebody because they bring out what's good and the best of him and he brings out a really interesting dynamic in them because he is such a he is a weird character he's like you know what he's a, a weird comparison he's like he's like superman what He's similar for me. He feels similar to like Superman in the comics and things like that. When when you're reading a Superman comic or interacting with like any him in any media, he's boring and, and innately he's boring. His more morally, he's not interesting. He's a Boy Scout. He's always gonna do the right thing that he thinks is correct. But when you pair him with someone like a Batman or a Green Lantern or Wonder Woman, a character who's more morally ambiguous and willing to and do things that Batman is the best superhero. Yeah. And, like, you have him, you pair him with someone where he's, it's like Captain America's the same way. Captain America's boring, but when you pair him with an Iron Man who's willing to do what it takes to do the right thing in his mind, it makes Captain America more interesting. So I think Mm -hmm. when you pair uh, Derek with someone like Meredith who's more fucked up and more outward about it and less, like, all that, it makes Derek more interesting. And same thing with Mark. Like, to make Derek seem more interesting, you need someone like Mark who's kind of more willing to fuck around. Yeah. But he's like, he's a Boy Scout. He thinks he's right all the time. He's always thinking he's doing the morally upright thing, even if he's maybe not, or maybe if he's hurting someone's feelings in the in the process. At the end of the day, you know in his heart of hearts he thinks he's correct. Right. And I, I, I can appreciate that. I like him as a character. I like Derek. Okay. You're valid. Okay. We should get into the plot. The way this. we're like literally almost minutes 50 in. minutes in, and <laughs> we still have not even started talking about the episode. Okay. Oh, it's going to be every episode like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. fine I, hope our, I hope our listeners are fine with it. but um, They better be. <laughs> if you don't like it, get your own fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I can't believe we're watching this show again. I think I'm I, about to so fully start rewatching happy. it. Like, I really think I am. I was thinking the same thing while watching the first episode. I was like, wow, I love this show. I just can't help it. Um, it's been a while since I've done a proper rewatch, too. Me, too. It's been years. A couple I years. Think. Yep. Probably since 2019. I really don't think I've watched it start to finish in a long-ass time. It's a the commitment. Last I, the last time I did was when Levi and Schmidt got introduced, Introduced the newer gay characters. I think it was like oh, season yeah, I 15. Oh, yeah, I love them. Yeah. And I saw uh, the same exact thing happened. I saw something about them on Twitter, and I was like, there's new gays? Let me catch up. So then I started from the beginning and watched up until like season 16, I think. I mean, I had been like, every time that the new season comes on Hulu, I'll watch it slowly but surely. But yeah. for me, there wasn't really like a specific point where I was just like, oh, I need to catch up. It's almost always like, oh, they added the new season to Hulu. Let me catch up. But like yeah. from the newer seasons, the only characters I like are the gays. There's the Lezzy girl who's in love with Meredith, who I talk about her in our next episode. Like I have a note <laughs> about her, but I fucking... I literally love her so much. She's like, she's like if a fan made it onto Grey's Anatomy yeah. and the fan was like a lesbian who was like in love with Meredith, that's who she would be. She's like a hardcore Meredith fan. She's like, knows everything about Meredith, is like obsessed with her, in love with her, Me literally too. like drunkenly wants to admit that she's in love with her. Um, it, it's, 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 she's such a great character. And then um, Schmidt and um, who's the other dude? Oh, Levi? Yeah, Levi. Or no, it's Levi. No. It's not. It's Levi. It's His name is literally Le- Levi Schmidt. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is his fucking name? He's an ortho. He's the ortho surgeon. Yeah. I like them what both. Is- Although yeah, he's kind I of like- a jerk. Levi is really nice, though. Levi? Oh, it's uh, Nico. Nico. Yep. Nico Kim. Yeah. He- he's a dickhead. Yeah. But they're a cute but couple. I- but they're a cute couple, and I really like them together. And I I love Levi. Okay. So much. Meredith is so cute in this first episode. She looks so young. The fact that I've literally visited the exterior of that house. Oh my God. How have we not (laughs) talked about this? Okay. It's literally in the Queen Anne neighborhood of Seattle, which is like rich bitch city. But one day, like it was shortly after I had moved here. um, I was just like, wow. So they shot some of the exterior shots like literally in Seattle because like you watch the show and you're like, that's literally Seattle. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I wonder if the if the exact address of this house is posted anywhere. And I started looking it up. It took like three seconds to find the address. And I literally I literally <laughs> like hoofed it halfway across town because at that time we were still living in the apartment. Yeah. And I literally walked there from my apartment. It was like crazy. I, I walked like 45 minutes to get there. I think, or maybe even longer. And then when I finally made it, I just kind of like looked at it and was just like, holy shit. And then there was was this guy outside like watering the lawn. I don't know if he's the owner or the gardener or who he was, but he was like giving me kind of like a judgmental stare. So I was like, okay, let me get away from here. But like, (laughs) so beautiful. Yeah, it's a stunning house. Just, I could not believe I was looking at it though. Yeah, I can imagine. That's kind of fucked up. It is really fucked up. And then she's like, so we see her like with Derek. Obviously, they just hooked up. And Oh, my God. Patrick Dempsey butt. I need it. Show it to me. I can't believe how young they both look. So pretty in this episode. Yeah, he looks stunning in this show. That's honestly, I I feel like they all when you grow watching a character over and over again, you don't yeah. really see how much time has passed, like, in their faces and how they look with their age. But, like, 
I feel like they all aged really well because I'm really, watching this and really I'm like, well. Meredith doesn't look that different. Like she does no. look older. You know how old she was when they when they filmed the first season? Oh my god, twenty two. Thirty three. No, you're lying to me. She's 33 in this You're episode. fucking lying to me. She looks like an infant. Doesn't she look like 21? Like, truly, she looks so oh my fucking God, she young. Literally... They all do, though. Yeah. Even fucking, like, um, Sandra O oh looks incredible. No, wait, even Bailey looks young. Like, I yeah, would have said Bailey looks... looks like she's 33 here. She looks so pretty, Bailey, in this episode. I love her. Okay. okay so, coming back to continue. the... Yeah, coming back to the summary. So... They just, they hooked up the night before. Obviously, they're both like, oh, okay, we got to get to work. He, the the part that made me cackle is the fact that she literally did not even remember his oh, name. Oh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> and she's like. Me vibes. He's like, the house is kind of dusty. She's like, um, I just moved here two weeks ago from Boston. Um, <laughs> okay, we need to also talk about the Grey's Anatomy fan to Seattle resident pipeline. Um, mention How many us- people do you know? At reply us on Twitter if this applies to you, but like, do you know how many times I've googled, like, moving to Seattle? I literally had a tweet. So back when I had my own Twitter account, I tweeted when I first started watching Grace. Does anyone want to move to Seattle with me? And the fact that I literally live here now, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm, it's iconic. It's it's it's. Of the utmost. And it's a coincidence, people. I didn't move here for Grey's Anatomy, although I wouldn't put it past me. It just worked out that way. But it's amazing. And I'm, I'm like, shocked by it every time I think about it. But I'm proud of you for it. The way I literally would have fallen in love with Meredith two minutes after meeting her in real life. Like, I think if I was Derek, I would literally be like, yep, that's the one. I get... Okay. I don't want to skip ahead because we're going to get to this in the episode. But I have to mention that because, like, exactly what you're talking about. Later on, after the surgery that she sits in on, spoilers, when she's talking about how, like, what a rush it was to be in there. Mm-hmm. And, and he looks like, at her. She, oh. that is the moment Meredith fell in love with surgery. Yeah. And, and that's the moment that Derek moment fell in fell love, in love with Meredith. He fell in love with Meredith. No, it, you period. can see it in his eyes and he's looking at her and he's like, oh, no. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, I gotta one. go do that thing. She's like, um, he's like, I should go do this, and like, he's like stumbling over his words and she's yeah. just staring at her. She, he is so in love with her, out and of he's the like, gate. see ya, and she's like, yeah, see ya, see ya. Oh, oh my god, oh. it's so good. I love them. Okay, but wait, her not remembering his name made his ego shrink three sizes, and that also that made him want her even more. Ex- he was like, holy exactly. shit. Like, she doesn't even care who the fuck I am. Like, I'm this neuro boss. I'm like this crazy ass, blah, 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 all those things that surgeons probably and think And it doesn't matter. Themselves. And it does not matter in the slightest. She's just like, anyway, I have to go shower, so bye. Leave She's like, right get now. out of my house. Bye. Okay, and we have to talk about Meredith as a Jeep driver. <laughs> Hot, 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 She's hot, hot. hot. She's fucking hot. That is... Mm-mm. Also, the amount of times I've seen this fucking shot of these cranes over the years. Okay, Seattle looks the exact same, is my note. <laughs> these cranes... <laughs> like, I These saw- cranes are here to stay. These cranes are the here crane to stay. The crane shot happened, and I was like, oh my god. I was like, the cranes... Seattle stays under construction. And then um, my next note is Victoria reporting live from Seattle... <laughs> No, literally, because the way that the cranes are in the exact same spot, exact same color, the buildings look the same, everything, the skyline is point blank a Frasier opening screenshot. Like I love that. That makes me happy. I think that's how shitty c- cities should be. Yeah, it looks pretty much the no, same. Don't change it. 
Um, Meredith being late is iconic. Wait, the minute I saw Christina, I was like, okay, I'm back in. I'm fully sucked yes. the fuck back in. I'm here. I'm staying. This is where I'm meant to be. I am a Grey's Anatomy fan right now. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Like, Ugh. oh my God. We need to talk about Richard. I feel like he's one of those characters where people are like, I have a very complicated relationship with Richard Weber. Me too. So for me, it's like, I love him as a mentor and I love him as the chief. And I love how for years, even when he's not the chief anymore, people call him chief. He is that rock yeah. and he is that glue that keeps the family together. He's so like, stable. Grays would not even be when he without Richard. I need him. I, he is, yeah, he is I one think... of my staple characters. If I don't see Richard, I feel like I'm not watching the show. And it's like... Yeah, I think even more so than Meredith... Richard and Bailey. I need them both. I need them both. If, if I can't, they're not the show there, it feels exist. bad. Period. It doesn't feel good. And yep. it's like, I go back and forth a lot of the time with, with Weber just because like, depending on where he's at, I get frustrated with him a lot just with like the decisions he's making and how he's reacting to people and sometimes not taking into account how he's affected them. Yeah. And like, well, again, we'll talk about this later on. Like there's a lot of really amazing Richard moments that I'm sure we'll cover. Yeah. But it's like, I just get frustrated with him when I'm like, you need to step back from yourself and understand the impact you've had. But both good and bad, right? Exactly. Like at the same time, like there's so much that he does for these characters that goes, sometimes I feel like it, he, it's, he's thankless a lot of the time. Like he does stuff for these interns and for these residents that like nobody in later seasons does as chief for a lot of people becoming chief of surgery becomes like an ego trip where they're like drunk with the power and they hate it and they complain about it. He is the definition of like the chief of a learning hospital where he gives people the opportunities that nobody else does. He advocates for them as nobody else does. He is the dad of the family and Bailey's the mom of the family. And that's just that. And they even say, they're like, that's my work wife, that's my work husband. Like, their relationship is so interesting. And, like, they're dynamic. I love them them as, like, friends. Yeah, and I... So there are two times in Grey's when I've truly had a hard time sitting through episodes. Yeah. Like, two character arcs, I guess. Yeah. The first is when when Meredith and Christina are fighting. Hate it. Grey's is just not fun. No, no. It's so hard to watch them, like, not be themselves almost you know what i mean like them going them at odds feels so unnatural it hurts in your the, the pit of your stomach yeah and i feel the same way about when richard and bailey, bailey were in a fight that was the most it's uncomfortable character so, arc of all it hurts time. you so much it's like wow it's like mom and dad are getting divorced yeah it feels it feels it's so deep the hurt yeah for, it is. like seeing that and yeah. like because they're so they're there for each other they need each other the hospital needs them as a group, as yeah. like a like they're a critical part of how the hospital works. And when they're Everything. not working together, things crumble. Like it's, it's like we really ugh. need you guys to talk to each other. We really need your advice. We really need this. We really need that. And everybody goes to them both. But when they're in a fight, it's like everything's discombobulated. It doesn't make sense. It does. Yeah. It's it feels bad. And it, it's those are the two times I've I've had the most difficult time watching Grace is when it's like I'm like I just it's just making me sad and it's like listen anybody we, we already have told you who is safe and who is not safe as far as the community of our podcast goes but when it comes to Richard I understand the mix up yeah and like I think there's a lot no of, judgment either way but like I am a fan of his I I think I'm more of a fan than uh more often a fan than not mm-hmm. but like there's so much nuance and so much like, uh, back and forth with his character, which is good. That's interesting, especially on a show that's going on as long as this. It's like, you need that. Yeah. He's not always going to be perfect. He's not always no, going to be. and he shouldn't be. Yeah. 
But I have, uh, yeah, he's one that I have, I go back and forth on a lot. But when he says, when he's giving his intern speech mm-hmm. and he says, today you are the doctors, I immediately brought a tear to my eye. I, my eyes were welling uh, up and the way I literally would have fallen in love with Christina two minutes after meeting her. I would have like looked at her absolutely. and been like, yep, that's the one. It's crazy. It's so, she's so beautiful. She's so sexy. Mm. Oh, uh, she just has like everything. It, she's just, it's it. Yep. She, that's it. Also, we get a needle drop right before we even get the title card. It's crazy because think about it. They don't fuck it. around. No. Wait, can I tell you one thing? Yeah. My note is that it's kind of weird how this pilot episode doesn't have the like quirky theme song they introduced. It has yeah, like the later season I intro. Was, I was kind of expecting it. I think in this, and I think season episode two of season one has the like actual quirky intro. Yeah, but the, then even like then they the, get away the with it in season two. Yeah, yeah, which I I like that they got a, got rid of it and just kept Me the too. little music notes because it it yeah, especially as the show gets darker and more serious, it feels so weird. Yeah, like this show should not have a theme song. Like people are dying. It feels very like Ally McBeal. <laughs> yeah, or like you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Where it's like this does not tonally match. Yep. So. They're getting the they're getting the intern speech. They're all like you can clearly tell just in that room who we should be paying attention to. Who has it? And like when they walk up to Bailey and they're like surprised to see like a short, a black, short woman. black woman who's like calmly talking to another doctor and they're like, What? How is she a Nazi? I don't get it. Um, yeah. and then like right away Izzy knocked off her pedestal, like, Hi, I'm Izzy and she's like, Anyway, um, <laughs> Um, I love when she's like giving them the tour and telling the rules and she notices that Meredith's the only one who caught that she only gave four rules instead of five. Um, and then they run up to get Katie Bryce from the helipad. But like, I just feel like one thing that stands out is that like we are only at this point, we are literally only five minutes in. It's zero to fucking 60. The way I literally wrote, we are five minutes in. This this episode felt really long. There was at one point I had to check. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is only an hour. It feels really long. And like, not in a complaining way, but just like, I didn't expect it. I guess because I was also like, I don't know, usually when I'm watching it, I'm like, I've seen it enough times that I'm like half paying attention. Where now that I'm like watching it and like taking notes and everything and like basically doing homework, I realize how like how much really happens in this first episode. It makes my brain kind of go blank. When I'm watching Grey's Anatomy, nothing else exists. Because yeah. that's why that I get so sucked into the world. And that's why when they when I pause it for a second, I'm just like, OK, so I must be about a quarter of the way through. I pause it and there, I, it's only been five minutes. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Like my brain is processing so much information. I feel like I've already been watching it for 30 minutes. No, it's been five fucking minutes, girl. Like that's how obsessed you are. Because it's also by the time we meet Katie, mm-hmm. we have met every character that matters. Yeah. For the first season, mm-hmm. we've met our yeah. entire principal cast. Yeah. In five minutes. Yeah. In ways that it's not like we're being thrown. They're not being thrown at us. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's really natural. Impressive. Really good character yeah. introductions on par with yeah. these character introductions. The audition scene where they all sing a different song and it leader, it informs us right away who these characters are. Izzy is the try hard yeah. suck up. She's trying to prove herself because she's the ex model. She doesn't want to be seen as the ex model. She wants to be seen as like, I'm going to try hard. I'm meant, I'm like meant to be here. I earned my spot, blah, blah, blah. And Bailey's just like, I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. <laughs> prove yourself through being a good doctor. 
Period. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so like, Christina's the, like intrig- immediately the shark. Yeah. Well, that's what you think, right? And then in the episode yeah. that we're going to watch, we're just like, ooh, so now we see that Christina actually has some vulnerability and she has emotions. She shows herself as like this emotionless, like, I'm just here to do surgery. I'm not here to make friends. But yeah. when she feels betrayed by Meredith, she's like, yeah, you know what? You did a sharky thing, so don't come to me for absolution. I was just like, yes, bitch, you are so right. But then when she's like, um, some of us actually don't have like a family of superstars. Like some of us aren't Ellis Gray's daughter. Um, so some of us had to work to get her. I was just like, ugh, girl, you have no idea of the half of it. But okay. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I laughed so hard at Izzy having to do rectal exams because Bailey was just like turned <laughs> off by how eager she was to prove herself. She's like, damn, bitch, you're annoying. Go touch some ass. I know. <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> so George gets assigned uh, works workups. Christina has to do labs. And Meredith gets the patient, Katie Bryce. And I feel like Katie Bryce is the perfect first patient because... She, Just like, a terrorist. She's, she's difficult in a way that makes us realize, like, this is what some doctors probably have to go through sometimes. Yeah. Like, patients who are, like... Not easy to figure out the diagnosis, not easy to handle. Like it's it's perfect yeah, just to demonstrate top like top to bottom. Yeah. And and it uh a child. Mm-hmm. Which adds a whole new layer of like later we see when the parents are mad at Derek and it's like, oh you have not only are you dealing with this person who's actually sick, you're dealing with the the guy the guardians and their troubles and all their bullshit. Yeah. Which is like a f- interesting dichotomy. Yeah. So that was hour one. So we move into hour seven Jesus. and they they sit down for lunch and Izzy's like, I had to do 17 rectal exams. <laughs> also, <laughs> them talking about <laughs> Meredith being like... Uh, Ellis Gray's daughter. Yeah, it's so funny. She's and like, George Meredith's is like, inbred. <laughs> oh my God. And George is like, Ellis Gray, who the heck is that? And they're oh. like, the inventor of the Gray method. Did you go to medical school in Mexico? <laughs> so fucked up Christina that was a Christina line of course yeah I just like he's so annoying I hate him George did not deserve to be chosen for the appendectomy no he did the absolute least no not at all and I think that's I think that's exactly why they chose him and like earlier on after like while they're doing all their like tasks and stuff like that and George is like fucking up dealing with like the IV and everything. He poked the man a billion times. As someone who has a really difficult time getting blood drawn because I have really like hard to find veins and also I pass out every single time. That was very hard oh to watch. Oh my god, it probably hurt so bad. I was like, "Bitch, get some help." And then Burke is helping him and George is like, "I bet you struggled a lot too when you first started." And it's like, "Don't say that." Yeah, like <laughs> don't talk to him like that. That's your that's your boss. Mm-mm. Okay, wait, okay. I have a question. How do you feel about Burke? Mm, really cocky, but did not deserve Christina. I agree. I feel similar to him uh, that I do about, like... Owen? Yeah, I. but, like, I hate Burke less. Me too. No, I hate him less. Than I hate Owen, but I still don't like None him. None of them... I don't like any of the people that Christina dates. I don't think yeah. that she got her fair due. Like, I feel like... There's only one person who's perfect for Christina, and we all know who that is, and it never could have happened, mm-hmm. so, like, why even bring it up? But, like, we all know that the only perfect match for Christina was Meredith, and yeah. it's, like, it's not a homophobic thing because, like, Shonda has a bunch of gay characters on the show and, like, loves the gays, and, so yeah. it's not that. And it's also, just... like, the reason Burke got kicked off the show was to defend a gay actor. Yeah. So, like... It's just... Yeah. It just wasn't in the cards, 
Christina should Christina would have been such not to say a better character but like she's so I think it would have been better in the long run if she was a lesbian she has so many aspects she has so many lesbian moments on yeah. this show like that I'm gonna pinpoint a bunch of them don't y'all even worry about that <laughs> but like we can start off with her being a motorcycle mommy oh, like who the fuck shows up for so work on a fucking motorcycle hot. when she pulls her helmet off and her curly hair goes flying oh my no, it's no, like no, it's no. like in Charlie Angel, Charlie's Angels, slow mo, <sighs> like whipping the hair. Just as soon as I saw her, I got Dyke vibes. Yeah, like leather jacket, motorcycle mommy, like hardcore badass, doesn't care. Like just everything about her just screams, "I'm Emma Lesie." Yeah, I love but. her. And then back to the fucking lunch when Meredith comes in and she's like, "I want to kill that child." <laughs> And they're all like, um... They're like, uh, I guess. They're like, okay, bitch, you're bugging. Yeah, they're like, can you not say that? <laughs> We're not trying to... <laughs> they're like, we are at they're work. Like, they're like, as a doctor, I feel kind of concerned about you saying that. Bailey is absolutely right when she says to Burke that George is not the right person for the job. She's like, yeah. George is not your man. Like, Period. She is so right. But I understand what Burke is doing. I just don't think he's doing it in a way that's constructive. I think he's really trying to emulate Weber and how Weber teaches. And later on, we see that with like Karev and everything like that, where Weber kind of will like put you on your ass, but not belittle you. Right. He's going to knock you down a, a, a peg or two, but he's not going to make you feel like a piece of he's shit. He's going to show you why you're wrong. He's going to yeah. show you why you're wrong. But with compassion. But not in a bad way. Right. Burke exactly. Is like, I'm going to make you feel like shit to prove a point. And he does that with George. And like, maybe it's because it's with George. I don't really care that much. But I just don't think it's conducive of like a healthy teaching environment. And I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of my issues with Burke is that he's just like, he's trying, he's, he looks like he feels like he's playing pretend a lot in his personality and like what, how he carries yeah. himself. Yeah. So, so yeah. So basically Burke says to Miranda that he has to like basically scare George so that everybody else will understand what they're up against. Yeah. And Bailey's like, mm, I really don't think that's a good strategy. And of course she's right, but like, of course, whatever. So then we get Meredith talking to Katie and Katie's parents and she's she gets like scared because they're like they're demanding answers and she's like literally first day on the job and yeah. doesn't really know who to talk to. So she's like, um, I'm not the actual doctor. Let me go find somebody. And she goes to talk to Bailey and Bailey's like, mm, no, uh, the real doctor you need to talk to is Dr. Shepard. She's like, OK. And of course, it's. Derek yeah and the, yeah. I literally started cackling so hard when she sees him because like she's like oh, and she like has this like <laughs> she like runs she, away like, shits her pants yeah <laughs> it's so cute and really funny like her facial expression was just perfect and when she like turns on her heel and runs out and it's then Derek so sees her and is like "Ooh, she's scared <laughs> When they got into the stairwell. Oh my God. And she's like, you're an attending and I'm your intern. That stairwell has seen so many things. Literally. She's not just the girl. She's just the girl in the bar. Oh my God. When she's like, she's like, don't look at me uh. like that. And he's like, like what? And she's like, like you've seen me naked. <laughs> so so sexy. Get, like, um. Their season one, Meredith and Derek is so sexy. Hot for teacher. Uh, it's yeah. so, oh, it's so good. I fucking. First season of Grey's was top notch. I've never seen such a good first season. Yeah. And like, it's only nine fuck? episodes. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's hot. My favorite thing from newer seasons is the intern who falls in love with Meredith. I think I already said that, but I just have to say it again. Like, I love the <laughs> fact that I love how it's like emulating 
Meredith and Derek, but like new generation. So like the intern that's like head over heels for like the attending because it's like yeah. it shows a new generation of Grays. Like, of course, early Grays has gay characters. We see Callie and everything. But like, I feel like this is showing they have evolved into like the 21st century. <laughs> like, it's not so like taboo yeah. basically it's just like a thing yeah it's just a thing that happens i loved it i love it too i like i just it's always a good trope the forbidden love you can't go yeah. wrong okay so then we move on to the surgery and george is down there like getting ready to scrub in and everyone's like cheering for him and burke's like cut the fucking shit and we see Christina, and Christina's like, that Burke is trouble. Ooh, the foreshadowing. She has no fucking idea, baby. You have a storm coming. You will find out soon enough, honey. So George does the wrong thing, and, like, the patient starts, like, yeah. going into sepsis, and he, like, literally needs to hurry the fuck up, but he just, like, freezes. Which is understandable. Mm-mm. I get it. Shit. No, Meredith freezes, and then she actually does something. He just freezes and does nothing. Yeah, but I think it's a good thing to show both of those. George is such an idiot. I think it's good to show both options. Yeah, Joe's, George sucks. But Burke took too long stepping into hell, is my hot take. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, because I think also as a teacher, you kind of have to let them fail, too. Yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, it is a live person on the on the table. Like you can right, only and that's why f- he jumps in. I think yeah. he goes until the very ultimate last second that he could. He waited yeah. until the very last second that he could. That's true. Um, but he gets 007. George gets his 007. which we'll we will talk about when we do our second mm. season of Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god! Ugh, don't bring me to that right now. Oh yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, okay, so basically Burke pushes him out of the way and finishes the surgery, and that moves us into hour 19 of their first 48 hours. I could not imagine. Me either. The pouring rain was a nice touch, though. Very Seattle, very, like, trying to ground you in the setting of the show. Like, in Seattle, yeah. it rains a lot. We get it. The <laughs> And then Katie Pages Mer- gets <laughs> Meredith Page 911, and when she gets up there, she's just like, I'm bored. <laughs> I love her. I love Katie. She's so... F- She's a teenager. Yeah, she is. This is such a good, like... I, like I said before, she's the perfect first patient because she's not irritating. She's just difficult. Like, yeah. in every sense of the word. She's not malicious or anything. She's Yeah, she's just some fucking teenage girl who wants to, like, do her pageant. Mm-hmm. Who can blame her? She faked a Caesar to get Meredith up there to keep her company. Meredith gets annoyed and is just like, I'm busy. You can't just do that. Go to sleep, you dumb teenager. <laughs> And then it cuts to Izzy and Bailey is literally sleeping like on her stomach on a bed with no sheets on it in the middle of a hallway. Yeah, what the like, fuck is that? Is this accurate? Can somebody somebody who works at a hospital, can one of you add us and let us know if this is accurate? Can you do that? Like, what the fuck? She's not even sleeping in one of those on-call rooms yeah. with like beds and stuff. She's literally just sleeping on in the gurney. fucking hallway. <laughs> on a fucking gurney. Oh my God. Izzy needs to stop being such a wimp. Like, if I had Bailey, I don't think I would be such a wimp. I would no, be, like, I would be scared. desperate to learn. Scared of what, though? She's not that scary. She's just a serious person. No, not, like, like scared, but I would be, like, I'd want to stay on her good side, but I would be, like, I, you need to teach me. Yeah. I like, would, there, yeah. But yeah, I would be, I like, would I don't want her scared. to not like me. She needs to hold her own and not be such a wimp. That's so I would have character. I literally would have just woken her up and been like, I know you told me not to wake you up, but I don't want to kill this patient. So can you teach me how to do this? But it's also like, like, I need you to show me how to do this. So next time I don't have to wake you up to show me how to do this. That too. Period. So So we're on the same page. Izzy is just a wimp. And Karev is just such a jerk. 
I really fucking, just... He's a terror in this episode. He's so I rude. I don't like him. He's so rude to the fucking nurse. I... Um, when he's oh, like, my God. And we all... Okay, I think we've all learned kind of through cultural osmosis that, like, long-term nurses are the backbone of hospitals because, like, what you learn everything. is, like... They do everything and they learn so much. Like, if any of you watch Nurse Jackie, you understand this. The way Nurse Jackie was the backbone of that hospital, everybody would go to her. Like, and that's how it is in real life, I'm pretty sure. Like, even surgeons, professional surgeons will be like, these, some of these nurses know more than me. Yeah. And like, also, I'm like, not- they're integral to how they fucking do their job. Like, they couldn't do their job without them. Literally. Oh, he's so rude to the nurses. He's so fucking rude. It makes me so he mad. He is. He pisses me the fuck off. He's like, don't page me again. I'm like, mm. it's your job. Yeah. It's your fucking job to get paged. He's like, did you go through four years of medical school? She's like, yeah, and then some. I've been working here for 20 fucking years, you jackass. It's also it's- like, I, I don't know. I think if they want it, I think it's nice. It's good to have him being such a dick to an older nurse. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's especially fucked up. Because it could also, if it was a nurse like his age, it could be like, oh, maybe she doesn't know either. And like, you could almost give him the benefit of the doubt for being an asshole. Yeah. Maybe. But the fact that it's an older nurse who's obviously worked in this hospital for like probably 20 fucking years and knows her shit and knows everyone there. It's especially like, why do you get off? Why are you getting off talk like talking to this woman like this? She's better than you. Period. And then when he calls Meredith a nurse. Oh, oh, she Mm. got mad. She got mad. I love that. And then he's like, she was hot. She's like, feisty. I fucking hate him. Boys are so fucking gross. I freaking hate him. And George is like fumbling through having a conversation. So annoying. Literally. He can't even. His ass is on backwards. He doesn't know which way's up. Fucking doesn't know his ass from his elbow. I hate George. He's literally so irritating to watch. (laughs) So... Meredith gets a 911 page from Katie, and Katie is, like, having major seizures again. The drugs aren't doing anything. She freezes up, too. Doesn't, like, she's, like, uh, uh, and the nurse is, like, screaming, you need to tell us what to do. You need to tell us what to do. Could you be a surgeon? Because I don't know if I could handle no, being responsible for somebody's that. death. Are you kidding me? I don't think that, mm, I could I not couldn't. do that. I couldn't be any sort of medical anything. I would no. not be able to sleep at night knowing that, like, I played a part in not being able to prevent someone from dying or, like, causing it's someone's so death. so much stress and fear. Oh, my God. I could not do it. I couldn't. Me either. Ever. Me either. But, like, Meredith, she rallies. She does rally because they want her to stop with the electrocution. They, like, almost don't let her do a fourth one. Yeah. They're like, no, it's been 60 seconds. We need to give her more meds. And she's like, charge it again and then yeah. finally she saves her but yeah. like if meredith didn't like have her backbone in that moment yeah. she might have been like um uh, okay yeah you're right you've been working here longer than me we'll just do what you she say needed to really trust herself right she trusted herself just like she does later on when when richard's like what's the what's the diagnosis for this patient that karev couldn't figure out and she got it like in the first two seconds because she realizes in those moments that like she is that person she yeah. is that girl she you know, like uh, yeah, she's so con- she like she finds a little bit of that confidence in her in herself that we see later on when she's really like f- a full fledged. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see inklings of it in this first episode. I just like it's especially comparing her to like the failure of George stepping up. It's nice mm-hmm. to have the two scenes and being like, well, here's what you can do. Here's op like it happens. This all happens. Yeah, yeah. and like I I have I'm kind of annoyed when Shepard and Bailey are both like you should have paged me da 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 it's like she did yeah she did y'all didn't come fast enough you idiots and anyway yeah that's not on that's not her fault that you didn't get there before she did she literally and she kept asking them to page you even while she yeah. t- doing all the she said page him again yeah like, yeah 
So that kind of annoyed me with them because I was like, that they me. literally did that. I mean, but you have to think like on their first day, they're getting like the hard ass treatment because they yeah, want to show like the worst case scenarios of a hospital. Like they want these patients. Yeah. They want they want the interns to be like, these are some of the patient situations that you're going to deal with. And like, you need to understand of the utmost importance that like, if you don't know what, what to do, you need to get help and exactly. stuff like that. But like. She did the right thing. She absolutely so did the right she didn't, thing. So she didn't need to get such harsh treatment. But, like, I loved how Christina was the only one to run after her when she, like, keeps walking through the doors and yeah. walks past everyone, doesn't listen to anything. And Christina's like, Meredith? And, like, runs after her. I was like, yes! She's yes, there. my girl! That's girl. Besties from day one, hour 24. We have just entered hour 24. And, like, they're already immediately, like, and she, click. she boots and rallies. She throws boots up and, and she fucking... She throws up and she's like, back in. And she says... Her her saying to Christina, "Don't ever tell anyone that." Oh my! That God. makes me so happy. It's like again, she's and Christina Trust wouldn't. I Christina. don't think Christina. Yeah, it Christina never, comes never up again. does. Nope. So Shepard explains to Katie's parents about the seizures and is like, "I don't know why they're happening." Point blank, and they start yelling at him, and he's just like, "Look, I am the neurosurgeon here, and this is the best hospital, but I just don't know." Yeah, it's also like give him some time to figure it out. Yeah, like you wouldn't pressure someone whose daughter's life are in your hands. If that was me, I'd be like, "Yes, sir, do I'll do whatever you want. You want me to like iron your tie? Yeah, just save my daughter's life." Yeah, I'm like, "Thank like, you for please just figure it out." I'd be like, "Yeah, you need to figure it out, but please do it quickly." Yeah. So what should we call it? I think the next part is. The guy who needed the bypass surgery? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So George is talking to them and he's like, oh, don't worry. I promise he's going to be fine. Um, Fatal mistake. Now, who told you to promise? Who told Fatal you to promise? Mistake, George. Like, as soon as I heard him say that, I was just like, mm, 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 I think even the first time I watched this, I was like, don't say that. Yeah. 100%. I was like, that's a no no. Yeah. So then Derek asks the interns for help figuring out what's wrong with Katie and he's just like, Whoever finds the answer rides with me. I'm like, badass. That is the way to do it because it's such a great yeah. incentive. It's such a great way to like make them want it. This yeah, is one of the moments that make, make the show learn. so enthralling. Right. But like this is one of those moments where it's just so juicy. It makes the show. Yeah. It makes you really sucked in. Like you're just like the drama is just so good. Yeah. Ooh, he can't figure out what's wrong. All these interns are desperate for a surgery. He's like, if you figure it out, you can be on the surgery. You're just like, yeah, it's just so good to watch, you know? It's, Super interesting. It's similar to like Legally Blonde, when it's like they're when they're trying to get on the trial. Yeah, it's like it's you need like, that incentive. You need something to yeah. you need something to really be blo- like bloodthirsty for. Yeah, and it's driving the story because it's making us feel like who's gonna get it? Like whoever gets it is obviously the best person, and we need to watch out for them in future episodes because yeah. they're that one. And it's like, of course, it's Christina and Meredith teamed up. They are on the same level. They are on par with each other. Twisted sisters. Twisted sisters for life. I love that in the first 24 hours, they become best friends. Like, it's just when two friends are like naturally drawn to each other, you know, and they like click right away like us. It's just an immediate respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just know this person gets me. I get them. It's just that thing from the minute they meet. You don't have to put it. You don't have to try. Yeah. It's just easy. And Christina's like, anyway, so could it be this thing? Could it be that thing? Was the sex any good? Could it be this thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. She's too good. I love her. It's such a classic Grey's Anatomy, like, conversation, too, when they're, like, talking about something so serious and medical and everything while also having another conversation about all of their personal shit. Yeah. But like seamlessly. It's classic Grey's. This is yeah. classic Grey's Anatomy. Seamless, like 
swapping in between storylines. When they finally bring the solution to Derek and he's like, let's go find out if Katie is one in a million. Because they're like, Uh, at first he doesn't believe them. And then like he's like, and then he has his classic Derek moment of being like, you know what? I'm going to give this person who nobody else would trust or give the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I agree, like, in certain moments like that, Derek is really likable because I feel like he has... A lot of times he's a pessimist, which we see in the episode that we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Where it's like he's jaded and, like, tormented by all the loss he's experienced and the things he's witnessed as, like, a jaded doctor. But but like these younger doctors remind him that he needs to be like more open minded sometimes. And he actually lets himself do that here. I think that there's an interesting triangle between like Weber, Burke and Derek, where Derek actually has a lot of the good qualities of Weber with like the teaching aspect of being open minded and being able to really just like let these younger people show him what they can do. Where early like Burke doesn't really yeah. have that. A lot of the time, he has more of, like, the disciplinarian kind of hard-ass versions of Weber, where Weber's kind of just, like, the perfect mm-hmm. mix of all of it. You know what I mean? Like, this, right. I think that's why, yeah. like, the arc of them competing to be chief is so exciting, because it's, like... Chief. Oh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you both have such good qualities for this, but you're both... You'd be both very different types of chiefs. And in a teaching mm-hmm. hospital, you need one more like Derek. And Weber. I feel like Weber is the perfect chief. Perfect. Perfect balance. He's the ultimate. Yep. These two doctors saved her fucking life. Christina and Meredith are the two best doctors in the whole fucking place. Yeah. From episode one, they set that up. From episode one, they set it up that these are the only two that are good enough to compete with each other and keep each other balanced and keep each other perfect and just make each other better. They make each other better. They make each other better. It's just and I, and from episode it's something one. And we'll talk about in the future when we talk more about later episodes of Grey's and stuff like that. I think post-Christina, Meredith has a lot... There's a lot of struggles with I have with Meredith's character because she doesn't have that, like... She doesn't have that balance of someone who's there to push her as much. Yeah. And we'll give it to her hard and we'll fucking be like, you're being a coward right now or you're or you're not thinking of this or you know you're you're taking Derek too much into consideration oh, you know he's not oh. the son you are that's the ultimate Christina thing because it's like she's always reminding Meredith the hard truths that she needs to hear when Meredith loses that she becomes complacent the big fish in the little pond yeah she becomes the big fish in the little pond because there's like Christina was the only other person who was good enough to like go toe to toe with her and maybe even better better yeah I would say so myself as well I would say better because Christina has the bloodlust that Meredith lacks yeah, Meredith needs to be reminded how good she is or needs to be, like, encouraged to do stuff. Yeah. Where Christina just goes for what she it's wants. Innate. Like, we get that later on in the episode that we're going to talk about next. Yeah. You get Christina being like, shut the fuck up, Erica, and let me work. Yeah, exactly. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And Erica's just like, holy shit, she talked to me like that. Like, I'm the fucking attendant and she's the fucking... Um, resident but like she's right she is right she's 100 percent right and that's why richard doesn't correct her when she says that he's like let her work dr han uh, i'm like yep it's so yep christina is no. such a perfect foil to meredith um so they save her they figured it out that she had an aneurysm because of her fall and then derek chooses meredith, meredith. and christina, christina gets, gets mad and we can't skip over this amazing um butterfly boucher song this is a banger song the music in this episode is really yeah good. i just i love butterfly boucher she has this other song that i used to be obsessed with 
My dad and my stepmom went to Lilith Fair, and because my stepmom is obsessed with Sarah McLaughlin. I love that. Butterfly Boucher was one of the openers, and they brought home her CD, and there was this song called Another White Dash. And when I heard that song, I became a Butterfly Boucher fan, and I immediately recognized I don't know the that song. song. <gasps> oh, it's so good. Another I'll have White to look it Dash, up. another White Dash. Because I really like the song they have in the episode. Yeah, Life is Short. Life is short. It's just one of those songs that's like early 2000s. So good. Banger song. Like adult contemporary pop radio. Right. Can you even believe at this point there's still 15 minutes to go? It's insane. I will say uh, I have slight issue with Christina being as upset as she is. While I understand that they did do this together. Meredith figured it out. Meredith figured it out. Katie was her original patient. I don't agree because Meredith shouldn't have told Christina, I don't care. You can just have the surgery. I Absolutely. won't work. No, I 100% agree with right. that. If a friend told me, if a friend said to me, I have this ticket to a concert. I, I actually got in a huge fight with my other friend who's going and we bought the tickets together. So you know what? You can have my concert ticket. And I got super pumped for the concert and like bought my outfit. And then the day of the concert came and my friend was like, um, yeah, I made up with that person and I really want to see the show. So I'm just going to go instead. I, w- I know I 100% agree with with that. I think like, I just think being that she was Meredith's patient originally and Meredith had the kind of aha moment and then they worked on it together. I have an easier time accepting Meredith getting chosen with, like without an ounce of like preference or anything like that because I don't think Derek was choosing preference or because of their relationship or anything like that. I don't think he was either. I agree but I, he chose her because he knows that she's the one that figured it out. And also it's important to see the beginning and beginning, middle and end to a case like this. Yeah. And I think it would benefit Meredith more to see the full scope of this patient and her experience rather than Christina who just would get the experience of the surgery and lose a lot of the context leading up to it. Okay, wait. I'll say this. I am in support of Meredith being the one who got to do the surgery, but Christina was absolutely correct in being mad because Meredith never should have told her she could have the surgery. She was just, she was speaking out of her ass in that moment. Yeah. I think she has every right to be mad and I'm glad that they make up and she gets over it and like they, whatever at the end. But I, I, my immediate reaction is like, okay, well like step back from yourself and your anger and like, look at the bigger picture, but that's not her job. She's a TV character. Right, and she's also, like, kind of right when she's like, you did a sharky thing, now just accept that you're being a shark and don't expect me to forgive you right away. I'm allowed to be mad for a minute. And that's why they make up at the end of the episode. Like, her friend told her one thing, she got super excited about it, and then her friend backtracked. It sucks when that happens, so, like, her anger is completely justified and she gets over it in the right amount of time. But, like, Meredith immediately going to her and being like, Christina, you're being a little unreasonable. It's like, no, let her be mad. Like, you pulled away this opportunity that you told her she could have, you know? So, like, I think I would have been mad in that moment, too. I would definitely get over it. But Christina is such a Scorpio that it hurts. Absolutely. Yeah, she totally is. I just see her as a Scorpio. I have a lot of Scorpio in myself, and I think that's part of why I love Christina so much because she even she pretends to be like such a hard ass, and like yeah. she pretends to be so like unemotional because she's. I think she doesn't like being vulnerable. She's scared of vul- vulnerability. Yeah. And we get that so many other times. She's like, somebody used to date me, right? Because she's crying <laughs> and she doesn't want so many people looking at her. But like, she does have intense, crazy intense emotions. She is 100% Scorpio. And just flies with them. Flies with them, right? Like, if Christina's in an emotion, she feels it at 150%. That's why she got so pissed. It's like, 
And then she, and then when Meredith wants her to stop being angry, she's like, nope, this moment will pass, but it's not passing right now, and I'm not sorry. Okay, what do you think Meredith is? Ooh, I feel like she has such... Oh I have an God. idea. I feel like she's a Pisces. Okay, I was thinking that, or I was thinking Capricorn. Virgo? Oh, okay. I would have said also Virgo. Yeah, I think... Because she think is... It's- it's, yeah. It's one of the two. It's either earth or water. Mm-hmm. Pisces I could see, but I... I don't think she's sweet enough to be a Pisces, though. So, like, that's I feel the thing. Like, I, think I feel like earth is probably correct for her, like Capricorn or Virgo. She's a, too, a bit too detached. Yeah. Emotionally, I think. I think earth suits her better because she mm-hmm. is so... She's so good at what she does and her specific skill set and, like, so passionate mm-hmm. and smart. But at the same time, but, like, Pisces... Like, I think the reason I said Pisces is just she has this, like, aspect to her that's, like, whatever her people are feeling, she's kind of feeling. And that's why I feel like Capricorn might not be that right fit because Capricorns are just so, 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 so utterly emotionless. And that's not her. Like, she does have moments where she gets emotional. So that's why I feel like water kind of suits her, but it needs to be one of the more subdued. Maybe she's a Cancer. Like cancers have cancer have a hard outside shell the same way Capricorns do, but deep inside she actually is really vulnerable and emotional. And she does like it is a lot of the balancing act of the people around her. She yeah, a lot of the time she is playing kind of the mediator, Mm -hmm. which is like a huge cancer cancer trait. So yeah, I could I can I can see that I can accept that, which would make sense for them both being water signs too. Yeah, because they feel each other. And they, under, they get each other. They understand the intensity of their emotions that, that they're feeling, and they kind of hold space for that throughout the whole show. I definitely feel like Christina is more emotional than Meredith, which is oh, 100%. Per- literally perfect because, like, as a Cancer, like, Cancers usually are more, have a harder outer shell, and they, like, more resistant to, like, admit, outwardly admit how they're feeling until yeah, they finally would, it just, like... They would rather work on someone else's emotions than theirs. Exactly. From exactly. personal experience. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I can, I think I feel comfortable with that. That's makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. All right. So then, um, Tony died and George is just like, whoopsie. It's crazy because George is like, but wait, I promise the he's so stupid for what he says to Burke. He's like, he, wait, he died, but that's not, that can't be because I literally promised her. And, and Burke is like, do you not get how like surgery and real life works? A promise means nothing. Like, why the fuck did you? It's so dumb. And then he's like, you get to go tell her that she's a widow. And he says it in the worst possible way. He's like, there were complications in the surgery and Tony's dead. He died. <laughs> I'm just like, um, like, what the fuck kind of way is that to say something? It's so, but it also just shows how young he is and how inexperienced he is. So I right. think it's, it's, it's the best way they could have done it. <laughs> It was perfect for the moment, but, like, he's an idiot for that. He's an idiot. And it's just so, such a hard scene to watch. Yeah. Okay, so we enter hour 40, and Meredith and Derek are, like, talking about, you know, everything with Katie and how it went. And, like, I feel like this is that moment where we finally figure out about their dynamic because we see that, like, he's more than just, like, the cocky neurosurgeon guy and we see that she's more than just like Ellis Gray's daughter like they both have nuances yeah they have nuances to them you know yeah they're really interesting they have such an interesting dynamic and Ellen Pompeo and Patrick Dempsey have fucking insane chemistry yeah they're really good together when she's when he's the amount of fantasies I've had about from this episode specifically about Patrick Dempsey shaving my head 
<laughs> it's just so funny when like they're when he's like shaving her head <laughs> and um she's like did you only choose me because we slept together and he's like yes <laughs> Derek, the joke sucks like you know like, the poor girl come on don't now. freak her out come on come on she already you feels know she's bad freaking out about it like Derek, the joke sucks point blank but like he is right about her scrubbing in like he is right that she deserved it and like yeah. i said before like yeah, completely absolutely. agree she deserved it based on everything that she did and she's the one that figured it out. So like Meredith is just so smart. She's so smart. And we see that when uh, later on with Alex and Weber and everything like that. Lit- that's that's literally what the, my note literally says. Yeah. Meredith is so smart. The way Meredith is the most talented doctor at this hospital, I'm on the verge of tears. It's such a good pilot in that way because they set something up and then two two scenes later they immediately give you payoff. Yeah. It's such a good pilot in that way. Like, it's so smart because you're like, why does this girl deserve this? Like, I guess she figured it out with the help of her friend. And then two scenes later, you see her, like, being a good doctor on her feet. Everyone else is checking their books. And she just knows it. She's like, this is innate to her. She knows this is something she understands so deeply just from her life experience and her desire to make her mom happy. And then Weber being like, I would recognize you anywhere. You're the spitting image of your mother. Like, yes, foreshadowing. Yes, good writing. Yes, everything. Like, the show's just so good. Fuck you, Karev. And she's like... Meredith moment. Like, we see her... She's showing off in, like, a really humble way. And she has these, like, ticks. And she's, like, touching her hands the whole time. And she's nervous while doing this because she's like, oh, fuck, I'm on the spot. Mm -hmm. But she's like... It's like, you're Meredith, you're fucking Ellis Gray's daughter. Yeah. You, and when she says, when he's like, you are your mother, like, that's, you're your mother's fucking daughter, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such, it's a great scene, and it's just a nice kick in the ass to Karev. Yeah, I loved it. It's just like, it makes us realize that, like, Karev is just overly cocky, and that sets that storyline up as, like, somebody who's, like, always trying really hard to make himself seem like he knows everything because he's overcompensating for everything that happened in his life before this point. Yeah. And then we see Meredith being like, I'm more than my mother's daughter because I earned this off of my own ability and talents. It's not like I have my mom like whispering in my ear. And we even get more proof of that because obviously the the storyline ends with her going to visit with her mom and her mom is like literally an alzheimer's patient so like we know that it's not her mom giving her the information or pushing her forward in her career or giving her her unfair opportunities or even being like my daughter deserves to work at seattle grace because she is my daughter and getting her that internship no meredith literally earned it of her own accord yes But, like, I also love the Christina moment right before the ending where she comes up to talk to her and she's like, you look like crap. And she's like, I look better than you. And she's like, not possible. (laughs) Like, Also, gay Christina moment. Bitches wearing clogs. Classic Christina line. Classic Christina outfit. Classic Christina everything. Like, she is just so impeccable. She's so good. I love her so much. And they make up and they're immediately teasing each other. It's Mm -hmm. perfect. It's such a... It's such a good Christina Meredith moment. Like, they are the ultimate... And then you have Derek's little fishy scrub cat. Oh, I love goodness. it so much. Okay, what yeah. would be your scrub cat? Um, ooh, I love What would be your cat. signature scrub cat? Mine would be like striped with the Leslie flag colors, I feel like. That is so cute. I love that. Yeah. I think mine would probably be like black and white checker. Ooh, yeah, I love that. I can see that 100%. I think that would totally be mine. Because I love, that's one good thing about this show is like, especially their wardrobe is so limited because they're in scrubs all- the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. You do get those those personalities coming through in the scrub caps and everything like that yeah. and how different everyone's is. And like, it's really fun to see it. 
Alex, I'm pretty sure Alex's is just literally light blue and dark blue stripes, which is perfect because yeah. he is the definition of like. Oh, my cis-hat, favorite color is blue. Cishet male, like yeah. basic and then ass Meredith man. Is just like that deep purple, like aubergine. Complicated, dark, yeah. rich. Um, she's like surgery royalty. Alice Gray's daughter, like just perfect Derek and with the ferry boats. Yeah, and then wait, what? Uh, don't what hate is, me, but like, what's Christina's? I don't remember. I don't know. If, uh, let me look. Let me see. Hers is like uh, it looks like a floral pattern, kind of. No, it's kind of swirly. It swirls, not flowers. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's true because she's so emotional and swirl. Like I this love is, this. This is so Scorpio. Oh, I found a thing. Oh, I really like Callie's. Oh, Callie's. Oh, Callie looks so beautiful. Okay, we need the, to talk about something. I'm in love with Callie. Yeah, as you should be. Wait, Hans is to, is cherries or are those strawberries or flowers? Uh, I know, but Arizona's suits her 100%. 100%. Just like clean, easy. Yep. Yeah, Hans is like strawberries. Yeah, it's strawberries. Yeah. Um, I just like the most iconic one is the ferry boats. The couple scenes when we see Meredith using his scrub cat. Oh my god! Stop! Makes stop, me, stop! I can't. Stop. It fucks me up. No, we we'll have to. We can't. I'm sorry. We need to stop right now. But when Meredith and Derek are talking after the surgery, like we've mentioned earlier, it's just like the love he has in his eyes. Oh it's god. so beautiful. He's I love. He's madly them. in love. I love them so much. Wait, Amelia's scrub crap makes so much sense because it's like. Okay, sorry, guys. We're going down a rabbit hole, but of course there was bound to be one in every episode. There's bound to be one. I like that. I feel like ours is going to be the scrub cap motif right now, but like the way that her scrub cap is like explosions and like abstract and just super messy. She's the messiest character. It's like fireworks, but also like dandelions. It's just such a mess. I really like that. That makes a lot of sense for her. Oh my God, you could buy a sticker of her scrub cap. Oh my god, you can buy one for Christina's too. That's cute. I love that actually. I love that. But like people would be like, why do you have the survivor bandana on your <laughs> water bottle? <laughs> why do you have a buff? Oh my gosh. Wait. Oh my god. I just saw a gif of something. What I don't want to talk about it. I'm mad. I'm really mad. It's um when Christina gets forced to operate on Henry. Oh, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite episodes of all time. Me and we will be too. We will be talking about that. That episode will be three hours long. That episode is fucking traumatic. That episode is going to be three hours long. Period. That episode is so hard to watch. I love it. Oh my God. So good. Best episode ever. Okay. Okay. We have to get back. We're okay. almost done. We almost, no, no, we're almost done. Okay. So Meredith's eyes are super bloodshot. He <laughs> comes up to talk to her. He looks super in love. He's just like, you know what? I have to go do this thing. Um, I'm glad you had fun in the surgery, but like, bye, because I'm in love with you and I have to go. <laughs> and she's like, okay, see ya. Um, and then we get them all walking outside and Christina's obviously carrying her leather jacket and motorcycle helmet. And I'm so like, okay, hot. yep, I'm madly in love with you. Bye. And we get the super sad reveal of Meredith going to talk to her mom at the um, retirement home or like, or where, like I don't uh, know. Assisted living. Assisted living. Yeah. Yeah. And... She's like super confused. She's like, are you my doctor? And she's like, no, but I am a doctor. And she's like, I think I was a doctor once. And Meredith's like, yeah, you were, mom. I. Oh, my God. I really like how the voiceover in this episode is used as like essentially her telling her mom a story of like her day or whatever. It feels very like sex in the city, how they used it as like, yeah, like how they did that voiceover as like, oh, when she's writing the column, this is her inner monologue. 
Perfect. I think event, I mean, they do drop this as her telling Ellis thing, like, pretty quickly. Yeah, because they want to set it up fast so yeah. that, like, we're not left guessing about everything And I was looking into this, and the voiceover in the, wasn't in the original cut of the episode. It's something really? that they added later, because Shonda Rhimes was like, we're missing something in this episode. I don't know what it is. And they added the voiceover later. Whoa. Isn't that wild? Are you kidding me? I no, c- I did yeah. not know that. I couldn't imagine it without it. Me either. It, like, would, be so, it would be bad. So like when it first aired, it no, was like one- before that before it first aired, like oh, okay. the, the first like version of it didn't have the oh, okay it it needs it yeah like, it I needs can't it. even and picture it's such it an integral thing like mm-hmm. mom- part of Grace is the voiceover it is. and like it is. I think I like the idea of like the voiceover being Meredith journals that she's writing honestly okay I had that thought where she was just like. In the part with the parking lot, I don't remember what what the exact quote is, but when she was talking, I was like, boy, it kind of sounds like she's talking to a journal. I can't remember yeah. who she's... Like, I honestly did not remember that she was talking to to Ellis until Me, it yeah. cut to the next scene where she's walking in, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's talking to her mom. But, like, it sounded like she was talking to, like, a confessional, like a journal, like the way somebody would, like... Just kind of, like... Their, yeah. yeah. F- stream of consciousness, just let exactly. it all out and everything yeah. like that. And I, I like that, and I think the later episodes, like, literally, the, the, like... Any other episode with the, like, every other episode, it feels more like journaling and, like, more, mm-hmm. obli- like... Yeah. Or just, like, talking to someone or, like, something, which Wait, I really appreciate. Imagine if the way the entire show ends is, like, it turns out she is talking to somebody or, like, something or like Zola that. Or like, Zola reading her journals. Right, Zola reading her journals. Oh, my God. I love that. I know people talk about this all the time with, like, how they want the show to end, if it ever ends, and it's, like, Zola starting her first day as an intern... Mm. and like or something like that or zola performing her first surgery oh my god i think i see that all the time as how people want the show to end like that be the final shot is her like being like it's a beautiful day to save lives oh my god that would crush me oh my god when he says it in this episode it's a beautiful night to save lives oh my god i started sobbing because that's derek to like that's his ultimate quote that's like yeah she says it before every surgery it's just Mm -hmm. that's why he does this at the end of the day he's doing this not to be like hardcore not to do anything he's doing it to save someone's life yeah and i think that's why i appreciate his character so much and i think that's why meredith appreciates him so much just because it's like he's in it for the patients yeah he's doing this for the right reason yeah and then when he isn't doing it for the right reason you can tell yep when he's looking for glory. Oh fuck. my gosh. Okay, so that was the Grey's pilot, and we're at 109 <laughs> fucking minutes right now. <laughs> Almost two hours of talking oh about Grey's out of oh the gate. God. It's just. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, y'all, that was the pilot. We um, did it. We did it, but y'all are not ready for what the rest of this is going to be. Like, I'm it's just so going to be back to back to back banger episodes with like super dramatic moments. Honestly, we're both really thinking about doing like a full rewatch. So if that happens, be prepared for like even more context and information. Like for Grey's, we <sighs> might do a full rewatch. For Glee, we didn't do that. So like yeah, you could Grey's tell we were kind just, of like, yeah. I'm I'm in the mood for it. I'm in I, the mood. I'm heavy. So, I'm heavy into it right it now. It just makes me feel good. It's so yeah. comforting, even it's when it's awful comforting. and hard yeah. to sit through. But um, okay, that was the pilot. Next week, we're going to be talking about season four, episode 17, Freedom Part 2. This is Trevor's so, fa- pick for favorite episode of Grey's favorite, 1 through favorite, 5. Favorite. Through 1 through 5. Yes. In the context of 1 through 5. Favorite. Mm-hmm. I would yep. say in the larger scheme, it's definitely in the top four or so. Mm-hmm. 
But if you want to watch along, please do uh, watch that episode. It is a part of a two-parter, so you'll have to watch uh, episodes 16 and 17 to get, like, the full context. But even without that, you can still follow along. Like, it's easy enough to follow along. You'll just have a a couple questions here or there if you've never seen Grey's. So I would recommend watching 16 and 17, but we're going to talk mostly about 17. And or you could just read the synopsis for sixteen and watch the seventeenth. Exactly. You However you want to do it, or you could just not watch it at all and just listen to us talk about it. Either way, we love you and yeah. we want you to listen. Just how, whatever way you're going to have the most fun, that's how you yeah. should do it. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Thank you for joining us for the pilot. We're so excited. <laughs> we love we love the show and we are so excited to talk about the rest of it. So stay tuned and talk to you soon. Alrighty. Bye. Oh my god, he's online! Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.